0: Welcome to Pet Sitter Confessional. Today, we're brought to you by Time to Pet and the Peaceful Pet Music, Calming Music for Pets YouTube channel. Most of us got into running our pet sitting and dog walking businesses because we have a passion for pets. Something a lot of us don't have a passion for is actually sales and marketing. And while many times our services sell themselves when they connect with the right client, sometimes they don't. And so how can we, as people without a background in sales and marketing, how can we become better at that craft and actually sell our services in that moment? Today we have Rochelle Steele, owner of Loving Arms Pet Services, to talk about the sales process for a service-based industry. She pulls from her experiences selling high-end luxury goods and how that impacts her business that she runs. Now, everything from learning and listening to your client asking amazing questions and learning how to sell the gap. You'll want your pen and paper for this one. Let's get started.
1: Yes, I'm Rochelle Steele, and I started Loving Arms Pet Services uh, two years ago. We just celebrated our two-year anniversary, and I say we are because all my clients uh, are kind of family, and I'm um, really excited Still to learning a lot, uh, but learning you know, how to finagle and fly by the seat of my pants and um, make changes on the fly. Uh, That was never a strong suit for me. So I am learning quickly, trial by fire. And uh, yeah, just been excited to uh, do my passion. I've always had a passion for animals, been in animal rescue for over 25 years, uh, working with shelter dogs and rescue dogs. And I'm a volunteer for a Shiva Inu rescue group. I'm a foster coordinator for S- uh she Shiva ENU Rescue Association, been doing that six years. So supporting the Midwest. Right now we have currently 40 foster homes that I'm supporting as well. So I'm busy. <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. <laughs> well and and, and, and Rochelle, you talked about that that kind of growing and, and not a strong suit of of adapting on the fly. What what how have you tackled that? Because that that's something that I know we all struggle with is, is being both stick to it in and also being able to adapt at a moment's notice. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I've always been a plan person. I have been at 11 o'clock, this is going to happen, 11, 15, this will happen, you know, so on and so forth. And that is not the pet sitting industry. Um, so by working in Windows has really helped me, you know, by 8 a.m., this is what I need to have done. By noon, from 8 to noon, this is what I need to have done, whether it's personal or business. Um, and in my scheduling, I am solo. Uh, so in my scheduling, I limit how many clients I take a day and how many sittings I do a day or visits I do a day and uh, in my time blocks even. So for example, I only will take two different clients with dogs a day. Um, there's just no way that I feel comfortable trying to get three dogs in and out for potty breaks and right early in the morning or in the evening before bed. Uh, I discontinued overnights at beginning of this year. So I decided I'm just going to limit myself to two dogs. Then I'm not stressed. I don't miss things, you know, weather. Um, We've had some storms this week. (laughs) So, you know, trees down and stuff, but you can plan for everything except for Mother Nature. So, you know, that's what I do. And then I can fill in the other visits with cats or longer visits with the dogs. Uh, I started 40-minute visits. I used to just do like 20 and 60. I started 40-minute visits when I started phasing out the pet uh, overnights. And a lot of my dog clients love the 40-minute visit. So I can actually get a lot more one-on-one time with the families. The dogs get a lot more personal time. I'm not driving as much. And I don't have to worry about traffic or this, that, and the other. So I really am liking the 40 minutes. And the 60 minutes has been starting to really take off, too. So, the twenty minutes has mainly been cats um some of my dogs, but most of my dogs are now stepping into
0: the forties and sixties wow what what I hear when you when you say all that rochelle it it sounds like you gave yourself space like you learned to give yourself space how do you it's It's hard to adapt and change when you don't have room in your life, both like on a calendar and Financially and all this stuff. If you have zero space, right? If you can't pivoting requires you to turn, right? Just physically, if you imagine turning your shoulders, if there's no way to move your shoulders, you can't go anywhere. And so, to hear, you're like, you know what I did? I just took a step back and I gave myself some breathing room around my day, and that's that's huge.
1: It is, and for you know, I've been lucky that I haven't had many pets that I've had to take to the vet while their humans were gone. But that was something, too, that I said, I don't ever want to be in a situation where I've got an emergency situation and that domino affects the rest of my day and I'm panicked the rest of the day. Or, you know, heaven forbid, I tell a client, hey, so fluffy, the cat is panting. And I know that that's a really bad thing for cats. But I've got other clients to see. so can you call your emergency contact and have them come take the cat to the vet? Mm. That's not a professional you know, and so I don't want to have to make the choice of not giving this cat the proper care that it needs or the rest of my animals the rest of the day, the care that they need. So I make sure that I have a two hour buffer in the morning, um, between my morning and lunchtime visits and in a two hour buffer in my afternoon, between my afternoon and evening visits. So I'm prepared for anything that may come thrown at me. A big tree in the middle of the street, cat needs to, to the vet, bed, cleaning up dog food. Who, because the owners decided to change food two days before they left town. You know, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's,
0: you know, a lot of us approach our schedule by how much can we optimize with getting the most in right? and going, okay, I have 10 hours a day where I want to be available to do visits. How many visits can I get in that day? But as you said, that's all assuming it goes right and goes well, and that you're mentally ready for that, or you're physically ready for that, or the dogs are going to allow you to, 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 to right. do that kind of work. It's, it's going, how do we stay resilient as a business? Uh, and, and personally, too, it's maintaining those, no, I, this is my limit. This is where I'm going to exist, because otherwise, I'm, I'm going to be running ragged.
1: Exactly. And by limiting myself on how many clients and putting those buffers in there, then if I do have the emergency existing client that's, hey, blah, 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 came up. Can you watch Fluffy tonight? Yeah, I can. You know, and because I know I've got the time, I don't need to look at the schedule. I don't need to worry about how that's going to impact anything. It might shift somebody's visits 20 minutes or so, but that's not going to be a big deal. So, you know, in case of emergency that somebody needs me quickly like that, I always have that ability, or as we experienced in December, people couldn't get home, you know, and so (laughs) now I'm extending my, you know, visits with clients, I had room in there because I wasn't already at my limit, I was running about 75% frequency.
0: Now that that's great. You know, we again we look to optimize and go, what's hundred percent of my day look like? How do I get to hundred percent full? And realizing, right. no, like I can't, I don't want to because then I can't take on those last minutes, or I can't do these extensions, or I can't do these things. Like it really we think hundred percent is best, but that's actually the most limiting to us in the business and it's how we can successful. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's, you mentioned that you phased out overnights and, and that definitely piques my interest because overnights <laughs> are something that a lot of people feel like they have to do, right? It's what I need to do. What was that process like? And I'm, and I'm mostly interested, were you able to convert overnight clients into the, the, the pet sitting visits uh, throughout the
1: day? Yeah. Great question. I, I started to thinking every, I needed to do overnights. Um, everybody, you know, wants overnight. And I, when I found you guys, so I was, what I say, blessed. Um, I was ignorant and blessed to be ignorant. When I started my pet sitting business, mm-hmm. I had two friends that do pet sitting, didn't poke their brains a lot and ask them a lot of questions. I just went, okay, this is the ideal business for me. This is what I want to do. This is my long-term goal. I want to have time for myself, you know, that kind of thing. And so I didn't pick their brains and I didn't look to see what's the normal, what's the average, what's the, you know, whatever. And um, so I I built up my business plan. And then when I started looking and saying, what do other people charge, I saw overnights, you know, were kind of a thing. And as clients started reaching out to me and asked about overnights, so I was like, okay, so I did them. Quickly realized I do not do well. I I don't sleep well away from home, and then I'm on you know twenty four seven basically. I'm with my wake visits and in my sleeping, and you know and houses make weird noises and it just I, I it was exhausting to me. Yeah. And so um, I I raised my price and I raised my price again, and then I I raised my price again and to include. Um, I sold basically as a package that um, the overnight plus the one midday drop-in was X amount of dollars. If they had a cat and they didn't need a midday drop-in, they still paid the same price. That was just extra bonus money for me. Make it easy so it wasn't differential or if they added a dog later, you know anything that might happen. Um, this was my flat overnight price. And I still kept getting booked. And I'm like, <laughs> what? where is the ceiling for this? Um, I didn't find the ceiling. And so then I'm like, okay, I have to I have to do something else because I, I need to not do overnights. And so that's when I added the 40 minute visits and started selling uh three 40 minute visits a day. So first thing in the morning, lunchtime or evening. And uh, some of my clients were like, well, you know, the dogs aren't really that excited first thing in the morning, they're kind of lazy could you do a 60 for lunch instead of a 40 for breakfast, just do a 20 for breakfast and a 60 for lunch and 40 for dinner. And I'm sure I can do that. And so just kind of um, evolved. And as it was turning out the clients that wanted overnights, but I was already booked for an overnight. I'm sorry. There's only one of me. Somebody already booked me, but here's what I can do instead. You know, let's try this. It's just a weekend. Let's try it and see what happens. I've luckily already built up for a trust and rapport with them. And they were like, okay, well, let's try it and see what happens. And so I lost one overnight client and all my overnights are now converted to bed sitting clients that we just tried it for a weekend and they did great. It comes out cheaper than what my overnights are and, you know, overly um, explaining on my visits and overly taking pictures and sending videos sometimes, of how great they're doing and they are not affected at all by the fact that I wasn't there. Um, Now that may mean I'm getting up at 5 a.m. to go do a round at 6 a.m. or whatnot, but I would rather do that sleeping in my own bed than (laughs) to deal with, you know, the overnights wherever Um, the other disadvantage I had from overnights is I may book an overnight, let's say today or two months from now, I don't know what visits are going to be booking. For those two months from now, so it could end up being a total route nightmare as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just saw more headaches than it was worth.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, it makes it a lot more predictable for you to know. Okay, I know my drive time from my house right to just about right. everywhere else that I'm going. And then I, exactly. I when when you mentioned that as part of this uh, this process, like you, it sounds like you really went like because. You're you trying to address the client's concerns, and and that's where we as business owners have to continue to focus. Of, of why does the client want this? Well, it's probably because they feel like their pet's going to be feel abandoned and sad and lonely and depressed. And so you coming along and going, man, I'm going to write. Not I'm not going to lie. Right, I'm not going to. But I'm going right. to really focus on these things and really stress and show all the playtime photos and show just what we can do in my visit that really goes to showing the client oh wow oh okay like that's okay i see that like the, now there's a right. visual representation of the feelings the emotions and all this stuff so that they can see the value that they're getting from that
1: right because i think a lot of times the overnights are for the client more than the pets oh 100 you know? but <laughs> then you know if that's a concern i ask them you know, put up cameras you know whatever if that's a big concern for you but dogs don't care. Right. You know, <laughs> so.
0: <laughs> so, Rochelle, you said, uh, you know, you, you're just celebrating your, your two-year anniversary. Uh, what were you doing before you started doing dog walks and, and pet sets?
1: Um, I did about 30 years of retail. So, retail sales, retail management, uh, high-end sales. And, man, if retail isn't, you know... Uh, trial by fire in customer service, uh, nothing else is. And you know, luckily my, my industries that I was in and what I was selling were high end. Uh, they were higher priced items that people could 100% find people that were cheaper to do the items mm-hmm. and to do the services and to get the product. Um, so for anyone who's a Facebook friend of mine, they'll see me posting almost daily, I post found someone cheaper pictures of something that it's like, what were they possibly thinking when they did that? And it was, yes, you can always find someone cheaper, but it normally costs more in the end. Cheaper isn't better. You don't get the value, the trust, the end result necessarily that you're looking for. Hmm. Um, So I think that's really benefited me coming into running my own business. So being on the higher end of the average in my area, uh, if people will, well, my former pet sitter or I found other pet sitters or whatever that charge less, in whatever that less is. Um, was like, yeah, great. And they're probably great, too. What are you looking for from your pet sitter? What are you wanting your pet sitter to offer you and do for your dogs, cats, home, whatnot? And sometimes it's just really, I just want you to come in and throw some food down on the floor and scoop the litter box if it's overflowing okay great anybody can do that that's why your neighbor kid can do that for you you know for ten dollars for the weekend um so if that's what you want that's great can i tell you what i offer and then i talk about bringing in the mail checking and rotating blinds and lights bringing in and out the trash barrels you know actually looking at what's in the litter box and does it look normal (laughs) um does fluffy have some money too fluffy hasn't peed for three days that's a problem, you know, things like that. And then, you know, yes, the lovely part of going out and watching the dog's poo and is it normal? Is it look consistent? Is it the right color? Anything like that. Your neighbor kids aren't going to do that. And if I walk in and I notice something out of place or, you know, the power outage, anything like that, that's all stuff that I'm ready and prepared and have time on my schedule to handle because I do limit how many clients I take a day or in case of emergencies. so that's what I offer, and that's why I'm $10, $15 more, $5 more, whatever, than what your neighbor kid is or your previous sitter. At the end of each visit, I'll send you pictures. I'll send you notes of what happened, what I saw, exactly what time Fluffy got her pills, and everything. And then you'll always have access to me. If I'm awake and you reach out, I will respond to you And you know, if you have any concerns or whatnot. So that's the difference between our pricing. Um, did you want to go ahead and book? Or, you know, did you want to continue your search? And I close them. And it is a sales process. Uh, but we have to find out what the customer values. If the customer values something that you can't offer, then you can move them along. If the customer hadn't thought about the kids throwing a party in the backyard with the pool, <laughs> maybe if we plant that seed, they will.
0: Have you heard of Time to Pet? Susan, the pet gal, has this to say.
1: Time to Pet has helped us grow exponentially. We believe the platform's features make us by far more professional than other companies who use conventional dashboards. They are the software gurus constantly developing and improving the platform based on user feedback. This decision was a good one.
0: If you're looking for new pet-sitting software, give Time to Pet a try. Listeners of our show can save 50% off your first three months by visiting timetopet.com confessional. That that really powerful question, and and I guarantee you, ninety percent of us don't ask that question. What are you looking for from your pet sitter? What are you yeah. What are you looking for? What do you need? And having them use their own words to tell you exactly what they want, because then in our mind it helps us go. I mean, when I've asked that question, I within the first thirteen seconds, I can usually go, "Yeah, this is person," or "Nope, this is not the person for me," based off exactly. of what they're describing. And then you can still go ahead and say, okay, I, this is what I hear you're looking for. This is how I would go about doing that. Or this is what I offer. And then that way, they're fully informed, and you're fully informed. And you're actually having a conversation about what their needs are, as opposed to, hey, I need a pet sitter. Oh, I'm a pet sitter. Go. Like, it's, it's much more in-depth about that.
1: Absolutely, and you can find out are they realistic in what they're looking for in a pet sitter. You know, so for when I did overnights, and somebody when I ask, "What do you need from your pet sitter?" and they start telling me, and I'm like, "Okay, you are looking for somebody to be there 23 hours a day." Yeah, that's not me. You know, um, so getting them to define what they're looking for, and sometimes they don't know. Um, and then I'll also ask, "Have they ever used a pet sitter?" And they say, "Yes." And who? Was that a company? Was it your friend, neighbor, family member? Why are you not using them anymore? Get them to spill the beans on why they're not using this person anymore. It could be that that person became unreliable. That person moved. Um, That person for the last six months has not responded to any of their texts. Are they telling on themselves that they got fired for some reason? And the pet sitter didn't have the nerve to explain why. So then you can start digging for red flags and, and finding out, you know, but when they tell you what they didn't like about their old pet sitter and what they did like about their old pet sitter, then you know exactly what you need to do. You can alleviate their concerns. You can alleviate their stresses. Tell them this is how I'm different. This is how you won't have to worry about that. And here's what else I'm going to do. And the what else is what sells the gap in your price.
0: Now, okay. So you said a phrase there, sell the gap. Uh, what, what are you talking about with
1: that? Most of the time when people shop for things, whether it's a service or a product, they have a dollar amount in mind, Um, whether it's because of your previous experience or because of budget or what they think is realistic. So, for example, just using numbers, if they think twenty dollars a visit is a reasonable price for a pet sitter um, and you're priced at twenty five dollars, you can sell the five dollar gap a lot easier than you can sell why you're twenty five dollars a visit or $75 a day. If they were only planning on $60 a day and or even worse, $40 a day for you know dogs or whatnot, and you're $75, you've almost doubled the price of what they had in their mind. That can be scary. It can be hard if you're not a salesperson to um, overcome doubling their budget. So if we can just sell the gap instead of worrying about selling the $75, if we can sell the $35. That's a lot easier. And we all as professional pet centers can explain the value of the $35 or the $5 or whatnot just by asking them the questions. And, oh, I can do that. And this is what else I will do. And going above and beyond, under promise, you know, over deliver. And I've, I've had some of my clients that were very not expecting to pay my prices but they were in a pinch and i was available so okay and they're loyal clients now and they refer people to me and everything because i way over delivered what they were expecting from a quote-unquote pet sitter
0: it starts with that that conversation though because then you know it is part of that sales process because it it is sales like that's we we are in sales we 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 run a business we have to sell our services at some point point. And that's just having a conversation at this point. We're not trying to pin people down or lock them into anything or we're not, we're just letting asking them a conversation that we get a lot of times is have you used a pet solder before? And they'll say, Yes, I have. Okay. Uh, can you tell me about that experience? That or you can just say, Can you tell me about that? You don't have to say if if you feel like, oh, why aren't you using it anymore? If that's too confrontational for you, you just say, Oh. Tell me about what happened. What did they do for you? And get some idea of what they were doing. Because then what this gives you, this equips you with language to start selling that gap. And Rochelle, somebody uh, happens to us, people go, I never knew when people were coming over. And I was constantly having to talk to them about whether they had been there or not. And so when they say, okay, and I go, oh, okay, well... In our system, you always get alerted when we arrive, and you always get photos and a written report at the end of each visit. We're in constant communication, and you can even see a GPS data point of that we've been at your house when we're over there. That you're selling, you're you're trying to go okay. That five dollars extra that I am of what they were before, this is what's filling that. This right. peace of mind is what's going to sell that on that. And now they may still go, oh, that's out of my personal budget, but I see the value there and that's fine. But at least you're, you're turning it back and you're going, here's where my value comes in as a business.
1: Right. And we can't help it if they cannot afford anything more. That's fine. But also we have to not take that personal. Mm. Um, we can't think that they're turning us down or they don't like us or whatever. They're turning down a dollar amount, but it doesn't mean anything as a reflection on you. So I think that's part of, you know, what I see in pet sitters and um, animal caregivers, for example, is the emotional part. And they take offense and they take personally and we can't. It's not personal. You did nothing wrong. You just have different prices. You know, I would never spend one hundred thousand dollars on a car. It has nothing to do with the car. I just wouldn't do it. Even if I could, I wouldn't. Now, you know, that that's nothing against the person selling cards. I just wouldn't do it, you know, and couldn't do it. But um, there's also something too if, if people don't have a good sales, strong sales background, or are fumbling on like how to tell clients no, or how to get them on board with whatever we want them to do, you know, whether it's booking through our software instead of texting us or whatever. Um, The Platinum Rule talks about the four different types of people, and we've probably heard it in a lot of different contexts. But uh, Tony Alessandra is an awesome uh, character, I guess. I don't know what you would say. The way he presents it is awesome and easy to follow. uh, And he talks about the four different types of people. And if you can figure out quickly what this person is, then you can adapt yourself to them match them and it minimizes conflict it maximizes the experience and it just helps everyone communicate better even and of course it helps us sell better um but if you've got someone who he would call a director who is very short to the point i don't have time for a lot of chit chat let's get let's get to it so how much do you charge and they speak very quickly they move very quickly they don't want a lot of chit chat and then you start talking and telling stories and so on and so forth, you're going to lose that client, even though he could have spent the money. Yeah. We have to match their style, you know? So I, I think that's the platinum rule, do unto others as they would have done to themselves, as compared to the golden rule, do unto others as we would have done to ourselves.
0: Yeah, matching them, that's important, because we get those questions a lot of times. I, get the, I take those phone calls. Uh, yeah, what do you charge? And it's very easy for me to go, oh, He didn't even ask me how awesome I was. And they don't even want to know why I'm the best. And well, I'm going to tell you here. And and we, we go into this mode of like, well, let me tell you. I feel like there's got to be a big lead up. To the value to the to the price job i i i get caught i catch myself in this all the time or show i'm like well before i tell you about the price we do xyz this is what we do this is how long i've right. been doing it this is why we love it this is blah blah i'm 15 minutes into my spiel and i'm like hello hello who's there? Who's, no, no oh no they're gone right <laughs> when when if i would have just said we're 25 or yeah that'll be 47 dollars they would go okay great how do i book like that's
1: that. right <laughs> And then some people, too, because they're nervous or scared or lack of confidence or whatever, will be like, well, this guy's just price shopping. He, if he were just price shopping, he could have done that online. Mm. Then, you know, and so don't take offense to whatever. They may just be on a limited time crunch. They've already been through several websites. They liked yours best. They called. How much is this? Are you available? Yes or no? Okay, let's go. But don't lose the client because we didn't understand that that's just the type of person they are.
0: Man, that's, that's really tough because that means that when we pick up that phone call or when we look at that text, we're on, right? We're not just mm-hmm. halfing our way through that response. We have to be doing a lot of active listening and processing of what's happening on that other end of that line.
1: Exactly. And asking the right questions especially if it's in text to kind of figure out how what kind of style are they and you know what what is the best way to get through to them and make them feel like you understand them they can do business with you they can trust you if they are uh, a director or a thinker and you are a socializer or a relater there's going to be some conflict unless you can quickly adapt and identify that they don't want all the fluff um one of my favorite quotes and yeah, because i'm a thinker but i'm very chameleon like so i can go in between all four very quickly but my main thing is i'm a thinker um i asked you what time it was not how the watch was built that's Ow. you know, <laughs> that sometimes if you tell me how the watch was built i'm gone I don't. I didn't ask that. You know?
0: and, and for and, and the kind of people that a lot of us are, we're very passionate about this, right? This is, and we, and yes, we're all running a business. We're all very passionate, and we want to tell people about that. We we many times feel like my passion will sell this, or if I can just convince them with this, or let me tell them that one more thing instead of matching what they're giving us, and then trusting the rest to happen. It might not, and that's okay. But going okay, I mean, I so now I really have to. I, I, I'm I'm laughing at myself so much, Michelle, because it's, I I, <laughs> how, what are your prices? I have to I have to take a breath and just go. Yeah, just tell them, like, just tell them, just just tell them, just just that's what they want. Prices right? start
1: at twenty five dollars. What yeah. is it that you
0: need? Yeah, and the second that question you mentioned, asking good questions. What are some questions that you don't think people ask enough, or should be doing more of through this process?
1: I think, like you said, what are you looking for in a pet center? That's important to find out. Um, and you know, when, when we're dealing with dogs, when was the last time somebody walked in um, without you home? Um, I think that's pretty important, especially coming out of COVID. You know, I started in 21, so I didn't have the pre-COVID visits to experience, but being in rescue and everything, you know, I kind of understand um, what we're walking into anyway um you know, did do you already have dates in mind sometimes people if they they are calling you and i see this in a group sometimes too that the client doesn't have dates in mind but they're calling and wanting to know questions and they want to set up a meet and greet and that kind of a thing and a lot of the passengers are like well if you don't have dates and i don't want to go through all of this because you may not use them. but if they're a thinker like me I want to make sure and find somebody that I can afford, that I can trust, and then I can budget for my pet sitter. I will personally do a different vacation, maybe make, do a shorter vacation, choose a cheaper hotel or whatnot to pay for the pet sitter that's watching my home and watching my pets. Mm. So we have to understand, you know, why, oh, you're not looking, you're thinking maybe next year you're going to travel. Why are you looking for a pet sitter now? Oh, they're going to tell you Why? You know, and then you're like, okay, cool. Now, you know, whether or not you want to take that, that's up to you. Whether or not you want to send them along the way or whatnot, but that could be a really good client and a really good referral as well, uh, that they can refer friends and family, and it can turn into a great long-term client. Um, What, um, you know, what did you like, dislike? You know, what, um, since you have used a pet center before, but you... Maybe it's been a while. Um, what would you have changed about your previous pet sitter and how they did things and communicated or whatnot? You know, just finding out what do they, what do they want? And we all know we can probably deliver that. But, you know, one of my clients comes to mind, She's a little over the top on some things and very not over the top on other things. And so looking at her and asking what's most important to you. One of her cats is very, was very shy and standoffish and and hiss at you as you walk by. Mm. The other one's very friendly. My very first visit, I was talking about the friendly one, barely mentioned the not so friendly one. Uh. And she messaged me back, what's going on with Kevin? How um, come, you know, it, and she, that's what she focused on. Like, there was no interaction with Kevin because I didn't want to get bit. So I didn't mention Kevin much, <laughs> but that immediately came to, okay, I need to equally speak about both paths. And, you know, Kevin judged me from a distance as I put the food down and Kevin supervised me doing the the litter boxes. And do you see Kevin's ears in this picture peeking <laughs> around the corner? Because that was a big deal to her. So kind of seeing maybe what they don't um, and hearing what they don't necessarily say by the questions that they ask and then making sure that we jump all over that and put their mind at ease um, mm-hmm. is a big deal too. But I think we just need to be really good at asking what do they want? What do they expect? And then do that. And then some, Yeah, you know, go above and beyond.
0: And not being afraid to ask those follow-up questions, you know, cause it, yeah, we get those, we get those calls to those inquiries. I'm just looking for a pet. So no dates in mind. My first assumption is always, Oh, they're just price shopping, right? Oh, they're just, they must not be doing that. But if you to ask them, uh, for us, most of the time, it's somebody who's going, I've never done this before. I've exactly. never needed a pet store. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm the, I need help. I need a helper to come along. And it's like, okay, like you... I got you. Like, we're in this together. Like, well, let me walk you through how we can do. Let me educate you about some of your options that may not even involve us, but like, let's go. And I think you're right. Taking that time, just go, oh, wow, it looks like you don't have dates. Is there a reason you're looking for now? Because I know how I am too. I I need to know the dates. You know, I need to make sure all the ducks are in a row, I's dotted, T's crossed before I even get to the point. I'm not even going to book a plane ticket until I've got this other stuff taken care of. Exactly. Are you kidding me? Uh, and we need to remember that there are people out there that are like that, that are looking, that need to make sure everything's together and not just discount them entirely. Definitely ask them, why are you looking now? And they could respond, ah, I'm just trying to see what my options are. I don't really know who I'm going to use or what. Okay, that's a little different response than, I need to get this nailed down before I can book my plane tickets. That's a very, but we have to listen for that. We can't just hear what we want to hear.
1: Right. And most people, whether they're clients or pet setters, do not think of this as a sales job. So mm. that's an advantage on our end, that they will spill the beans if you just ask them. <laughs> because we're not a, they're not walking onto a car lot. you know. They're not holding onto their purse or their wallet for dear life because they're afraid we're going to rip them off. Mm. And people love to talk about themselves and their pets. So if we just ask them some simple questions, they will spill the beans and give us everything that we need to know. And then we can take it and run with it and help them. And even if it ends up that they don't book you, they'll remember you. And then when somebody else in their family or Facebook or next door is looking for somebody, they will refer you.
0: This process, Rochelle is all about this potential client that we've been talking about. Another aspect is the customer service of once they're, once they're in the the company and experiencing everything. How, how do you approach customer service with your clients? Uh,
1: so, in I use Time to Pet, and in my private note um, section that I can see on uh, each visit, I have my notes of trash day or you know whatever um, not pet things that are necessary to be watchful of, but then also. Um, if there's anything in particular, like always make sure that you mention Roxy, even though she always hides under the bed. You know anything that's going to make sure that the client understands that I'm doing everything that I need to do, um, and listening to your podcast say you know you talk about taking pictures of you know the food, taking pictures of the, the litter box and everything. And I try and make it a little bit more fun of, you know, the cat in the picture with the food going, I know that the food bowl is only three quarters full, Ricky. I just fed you. It's not empty. You know, so putting putting fun with it so that they understand, Oh yes. Okay. That is actually Ricky. As soon as he eats four morsels out of the bowl, he's like, okay, yeah, the food bowl's empty. Come feed me, you know? And so that makes them understand that you are knowing their pets, that you're not just throwing food down. You're talking about their personality and, and getting to know them and love on them. Um, in explaining i saw this going on in a neighborhood somebody was having a wild party in the neighborhood kind of keeping them in the loop of what's going on you know the weather sometimes and then if you talk about the weather and the storms and then two days later you're talking about somebody's got diarrhea they're like oh yeah the storms you were talking about the other day and you're like oh bingo okay cool that puts that piece together um and then you know, if, if I notice something, if I notice some dishes in the sink that that's not common for them, I'll do the dishes or um, something just out of the ordinary. I might leave a uh, for the first visit. I always leave a thank you note, a handwritten thank you note mentioning if pet's names. Uh, if they are a client that uses me every week or you know several times a month, I may not leave a note every time, but I'll leave something out of the blue, unexpected. You sending the thank you uh, notes randomly in the software, um, sending birthday notes, you know, and cards. If I notice something in the home that it was a client's birthday or anniversary, I can make a note of that. And then I can bring it up next year. Mm. Just different things that they would not think of from the pet sitter. Um, but also, I think that one of the big things is the punctuality that my clients know in what time I'm going to be there, even though I work in windows and they, they can trust that I'm going to do, as I say, I'm going to clean up things that maybe they didn't ask me to clean up or wouldn't expect me to clean up. Cause I mean, it was there, let's just do it. Um, you know, and it goes with that integrity, do the right thing, even though no one is watching and making sure, you know, that we, we just, the clients are trusting us with their home. If there happens to be pets in their home and they're trusting us with their pets' lives and everything too, but they could have boarded the pets. They could have had the pets stay at a family members. You know, there's clients that could have had family members come visit, but they didn't want to impose. They are paying you and trusting you to watch their most valuable possessions, their home and their pets. You know, if the house burns down, they're going to grab their pets. But um, that's the two most important things. You know, and they're trusting us. And honestly, if your visits are only $25, that's a pretty inexpensive, <laughs> you know, fee to pay um, to supervise and watch over everything, you know. So I think a lot of the pet sitters I see just don't understand or don't think themselves value them what we do um, enough to justify whatever price it is that you're comfortable with. Um, so they don't raise the prices or they don't charge enough or they feel sheepish talking about their prices. And I think we just need to have a little bit more confidence in what we do. We offer amazing customer service. We do amazing things. We could, um, you know, be saving a pet's life. Um, that's what they pay for. Mm-hmm. They, they're they paying for the peace of mind to have somebody there to do all of those things. And if they would have not booked you and they would have booked a neighbor kid and their animal would have passed away, they will likely be kicking themselves in the butt that they didn't pay the gap, you know, yeah. pay the extra money for the professional who would have been able to handle that situation better differently.
0: Many of us look for ways to go, how do I add value? How do I add value? How do I make this service more than what other people are doing? And you started off by saying, well, I use this note To write down details that I don't want to forget. Or maybe I don't know what I'm going to do with them right now, but they're going here so I can use them later. And that's, that truly is the kind of stuff that blows clients away. When they, and this is going to sound crazy, especially when they tell you to do stuff and then you do it. Many times people are like, hold, what? How did they do it? <laughs> right. It's like it's like they, that sometimes that's all it takes for people to realize, oh wow, this person was listening, paying attention, and store this information somewhere so they could do something with it. Because they are so used to saying, always check the back door, always check the back door, and nobody checking the back door. And then you're like, Yeah, I checked the back door and made sure it was locked. And they're like, Oh,
2: what? Right.
0: And so the value comes in is is the details and executing on the details. Right. And and really focusing on those stuff.
1: And noticing. Noticing those things, so if the client, like, say, who has the neighborhood party going on because the chiefs, you know, in the Super Bowl or whatnot, I may mention, looks like the neighbors are having a great party, so I went ahead and closed the blinds, even though we don't normally close the blinds. That's gonna go a long way, but that's what I would do in my home, yeah. so why wouldn't I do it in a client's home? You know, I turned on some extra lights, uh, you know, whatever. Um, when I take trash out, like, if I take the bins out. For example, I may notice that the trash in the house needs to be taken out. So I take the trash out and I've gotten notes from a client. Oh, my gosh, you didn't have to take the trash out of the the kitchen. Yeah, I kind of (laughs) did because it was there, you know, and in my head, it was not a big deal. But in a client said it was, Um, you know, so just little things. If you see that it needs to be done and you can do it, do it. If you're not sure, you don't want to offend somebody or whatnot. Put in the visit notes. I noticed this and I wanted to do this, but I didn't want to overstep, you know, do you mind if I, when I do my evening visit, if I go ahead and do this? And then a lot of times I'll say, I absolutely do not expect you to do that. But if you wanted to, that would be great, <laughs> you know, uh-huh. or no, please don't. And you're like, okay, cool. Glad I didn't, you know, but then you notice something and you mentioned that you noticed something and they're like, oh, wow. They're not just throwing food down on the floor and, and running out, you know, so just those are the little things. And I always make sure and thank my clients for their visits, you know, for their business um, and that I appreciate them that, you know, if they didn't trust me to do it, I wouldn't be in business. So making sure that they feel valued and appreciated as well.
0: Right, right. Focusing, again, focusing on them, right? That At the end of the day, they have a problem, they have a need that needs to be solved. And and this sounds like a lot, like it really does go, oh my gosh, like all these details, it it could be overwhelming as somebody going into a visit. But again, what's important to note here is going, uh, you know, if we have our day structured, so we've got a little bit more space in it, so that I've got a little bit more bandwidth that I can dedicate to each individual visit, maybe they're just a little bit longer, man, think of what I can do with that think of think of the possibilities of what that kind of visit would look like. And that's that's really where a lot of this power starts to come in is when we look at holistically going, man, if I want to be able to do this, this kind of detail, this kind of level here, what does my day have to look like? What does my week have to look like? And, and really piecing that together so that we are providing the service that we actually want to be providing and not just going on whims and crazy tangents with all sorts of clients. Exactly.
1: And if If we've got a pet sitter that's, let's say, charging the $20 versus a pet sitter that's charging $25, the $25 pet sitter can do four less pet visits a day than the $20 pet sitter. So then that just freed up an hour, two hours of their day to be able to go to the bathroom, (laughs) have (laughs) a lunch, you know, notice the different things that can elevate your experience, you know, but also give you that breathing room that maybe some of our our pet sitters need.
0: A lot of pet owners don't know how to react when their beloved pet is facing a bout of anxiety, noise sensitivity, or depression. However, various studies have shown that animals react very positively when calming music is played for them. As a trusted pet sitter, have your clients check out peaceful pet music, Calm Music for Pets on YouTube, where they can give their pets the best chance at relaxing while they are away. From peaceful melodies to soothing nature sounds, this YouTube channel is the go-to spot when your client's pet is anxious and you don't know where to turn. Complete with beautiful and vibrant animations, their videos will become your home for the tools needed to keep the client's pet in a state of peacefulness. Be sure to subscribe to Peaceful Pet Music, Calm Music for Pets on YouTube, and hit that bell so you never miss a moment of calm. That's an aspect here, Rochelle. I know that when you started, you started your business because you, you saw a need of helping people have time and have a break and have peace of mind in a way. How do you make sure that you give yourself that? When you're when you're especially you know running the kind of businesses that we do.
1: So going back to the, I have two hours in the morning, two hours in the afternoon. You know that I can do what I need if or want if nothing happens. Um, So I can go to the gym. I could go lay out at the pool. I can take a nap. You know I can take my own dog to the park and you know wander and and do some training with her. Um, And then as Employee of the Year, I got a. Uh, one year membership for monthly massages. Um, so I ha- I have that that I get a monthly massage, um, you know, and that was important to me, um taking care of myself. And you know, I look for ways and I block off days and um, block off windows. Sometimes I can't always block off a day, but I can sure block off that nobody can book me next Thursday afternoon. I have nothing going on Thursday afternoon, but. Because from this Wednesday to next Thursday, I'm you know, fully booked. And then from Friday to the next Wednesday, I'm fully booked. I couldn't have a day off. I'm blocking that window for me that day. And any visits can be morning or they can be evening. I'm just not doing anything that afternoon. And so making sure to look that you don't get um, too many days of no time for you and to be able to stop and just take a breath and
0: relax. I know people struggle with the I can't take whole days away. I can't take a whole week away. I can't a weekend. And just going we're, we're not it's just going like an afternoon, right? Like it's an hour, right? It's 2 hours maybe in the course of a busy busy time, busy season carving something out helps. Right? At the like 20 minutes just to go oh, I'm just going to no, nothing right now. I'm just not going to focus on anything. I just need to sit and breathe deep breaths. Fifteen to twenty minutes, like that's that kind of power because that that that's a muscle that you start going. Okay, I carved out twenty minutes and nothing happened. I can carve out thirty minutes. I can carve out, and it it just helps you along that process.
1: Exactly, and if you're always saying yes to everybody else, and because you're afraid to say no to them, and you're always saying no to yourself, it'll come back and get you. Mm-hmm. You know that whether it's your health. Um, you know, we were talking about sleep um, before we. We started this. Uh, your body can go without food and water um, for so long, but your body will shut down and you will go to sleep if you're not sleeping. You cannot go without sleep and, and you know, good, healthy sleep. So if if that's a, an area of focus that somebody needs to be working on, and then if you're not sleeping well, that affects the rest of your life, your health and everything else. So we have to make ourselves a priority. If we don't, you're not going to be around to be able to help all the clients that you weren't able to say no to. Right. So if you start practicing telling them no now and know that the client isn't going to be upset, they're not going to be offended. They're not going to fire you. And if they do, they're probably not the client you want anyway. Most of our clients, if you're just like, Hey, I'm already booked that day. You know, here's what I can do. Or I'm already booked for that time frame." Give Fluffy a big hug and a kiss, and I will see him next time. If you've done the above and beyond service, they'll come back. They'll figure out this trip, but they'll come back for the next trip, and guess what? You just trained them. They better book earlier because you're really good, and you fill up. But it's the client's responsibility. It's their pet. It's their responsibility to figure out their boarding or pet sitter's needs. We can't feel like I've got to take that client because – you know, who else are they going to find? I hate to break it to you, but you're not the only one in the world. They will find somebody, you know, that's a, that's a big ego trip. Really. You know, they will find somebody and they're not going to be upset and offended by it. They're going to go, Oh, okay. And they move on and they've long forgotten about it where a lot of our pet sitters will then sit there for three hours going, Oh my gosh, what am I supposed to You know, I've tried to finagle the schedule and everything and figure this out. And the clients already moved on. Yeah. They, they're like, 10 steps ahead, long forgotten. So I think that's a big thing for our own health and well being is you gotta overdone with gone and move on. Be confident in your decision and move on. Don't don't sweat it.
0: That confidence is is key, right? Both in in that, okay, I did my best. I and, and knowing like I can't do any more for this. And that's it. Like that's the end of my responsibility. As an individual and as a business owner of, okay, that's, that's where I, 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 and it's, it's hard to end it there. It's hard to not have an, an also, or a, well, okay, or a, okay, it, it just, to just go, no, that's, that's all I can do. And, and knowing that that's enough.
1: It it takes practice, you know, and if you have a significant other, um, if there's children in the home, if you don't have any other humans living in the home, tell your pets no once in a while you know, get in the habit, practice telling somebody no, you know, and even if it's the lady at the grocery store, do you want your receipt? No. If you're not used to saying no, practice saying no. And it becomes easier. It becomes uh, more comfortable. And uh, we don't know what their reaction is, but that's on them. All we can be responsible for is ourselves. So it, we know that there's a lot of stress. A lot of our people get burned out. Um, and a lot of it, I feel like, is because we don't know how to say no. We don't feel comfortable saying no. And we want to help everyone. But we need to help ourselves first. So that's where, when I left 30 years of retail, that was my goal. I want to help the animals, but I want to have more time for me. I, um, If I turn in a vacation, I want this time off for vacation six months in advance. I don't want to be told no. You know, I I want to take this time. I shouldn't have a question of why I need to take this time. Or I want to take this time. I've earned this time, you know. And um, so I just took five days for my for myself, and I was closed Thursday through Monday. And I put the banner up, and you know, I had a few clients reach out, and they said, "I know you're on vacation, but I wanted to remember and send you this while." I was remembering, so please don't answer me till Tuesday. I trained my clients well.
2: You
0: know. <laughs> so, well, and so you mentioned, you know, you left retail for 30 years. I I know you managed people over that time. Yeah. And, and but but you've decided to stay solo. Uh, maybe those two are connected. Maybe they're not. Why why are you yeah. why, <laughs> you know to, you, you but you 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 have chosen to to remain to to stay solo and, and to run the business by yourself.
1: Why is that? A lot of reasons. Um, One, I still have thirty years of retail trauma. Uh, (laughs) Dealing with, yeah, uh, managing people can be challenging. Uh, I felt like I was a good leader, that uh, based on feedback from employees that are still friends and and employees who would have done anything for me at the drop of a hat. uh, I feel like I was a good leader, but it's exhausting to be a good leader. You know, uh, I had good employee retention, uh, which is another normal indicator of that. Uh, But this is a really weird world we're in um, in 2023. You know, coming out of 2020, uh, a lot of people want to go back to the old normal. A lot of people are figuring out what their new normal is. You know, there's just a lot to deal with. And so right now, I want to control me. I have a hard enough time sometimes controlling. Everything else, so I can control me. You know, where we talk about I don't necessarily do well adapting to quick and sudden changes. Employees are quick and sudden changes oftentimes. You know, they've got their own lives, things happen, the car breaks down. What do you we do? Well, uh, now what? I can't control that. I can't. Um, so I, I just don't want to deal with all of that. I know what I can control, I know what I can handle. I've trained my clients well. Um, so I do kind of have employees as far as uh, my clients are concerned that <laughs> I've taught them how I need them to do things. Mm. If you want me to be available for you, you know, this is what I need you to do. Um, I've had to let the clients go who didn't follow what I needed them to do. Um, and I'm just like, I I can't. And, you know, we say fire the, the client because they are kind of like, employees sometimes too. You know, we need them to communicate with us too. I can't just show up and all of a sudden fluffy's on 12 meds that are, you know, spread out every four to eight hours uh, and stuff. No. Uh, Guess what? You can't do that to me. No. I don't know. You don't work here anymore. After yeah. this week, you don't work here anymore. You know, and um that added stress. So you know I manage my clients, I train them on how we can have a great partnership and relationship and that's enough for me right now. You know, no. I see I, you guys I, struggling that have, have employees and I'm <laughs> like, Oh yeah, no, I don't want that.
0: <laughs> and I, and I, I appreciate that Rochelle because that that's such an important aspect of it of going, yeah, what kind of, what kind of business, what kind of life do I actually want to run and knowing, okay, if I don't want that, I don't, have to do that. I don't. It's personal preference. It really is, and so yeah. many people feel pressured, feel guilted into doing something and making a business decision because they think that's what success looks like, or they think that's what they're supposed to do, or everybody's telling them to do. Oh, well, right. just do this, right? Just hire. Oh my gosh, that word "just." If you expand if it that were out, just that just, easy. Yeah, <laughs> just is ten thousand steps. Every, like, it's, it's so much. And if you go, you know what? I don't just want to do that. I, it's, 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 it's great. It's fine. It's okay, right? It really is. And, and, but too often we get caught up in this. Well, that's what I'm supposed to do. I need to do that because that's what XYZ is telling me to do and realizing I don't want that for myself. And then, and great. Now, I've,
1: I, now I'm better for that. Exactly. And I, I think that's the big key. Like you said, you know, what does success look like? You have to define that for yourself. Mm. To me, success is, I work a lot less now than I did in retail. I have a lot less mental stress now than when I did that. I make same or more money now and I'm happy. That's success to me. You know, we have people in our world that make boo bucks, and they're not happy. And, you know, on the outside, everyone looking in would go, wow, they're so successful, but they're miserable, you know? So, and people will say you know, they give up a million dollars just to be happy, to have time to themselves, to not have a packed schedule. Success can be very different to everybody. So I think that's the key is what does success look like to you? And then you build your business around what that is. Um, I know a lot of pet centers would probably think I'm crazy that I only take up to nine clients a day. Um, and how do I do that? I do that because I have a budget. I don't live above my, above above my means. Um, I charge a fair price and I get clients that respect that. And then they refer similar clients to me that are of the same mindset and I can do that. And, but I had to figure out what that looked like to me what my business was going to do for me in
0: my life. I love that, Rochelle. I want to thank you for coming on the show today and sharing, helping yeah. us learn to sell the gap and also growing confident in those decisions and making that business work for us. Um, I know there's a lot more here. You have a lot of experience to pull from and a lot, <laughs> of, a lot of advice and a lot of, a lot of knowledge. So how can people get connected with you and follow along with, with your work?
1: Yeah, uh, so the business page is Living Arms. Pet services LLC. Um, that's a lot to type. So it's also Facebook.com backslash laps for pets. So I chose Loving Arms Pet Services because it abbreviates to laps, as if you were taking laps around the block with the dog or got a lap to sit on for the cat. Um, so uh, Facebook.com backslash laps for pets. Um, Loving Arms pet services KC at gmail.com. Those are the best ways to get a hold
0: of me. I've just absolutely loved this conversation and uh, getting to be get connected with you again, Rochelle, and getting caught up with everything. So, thank you for taking time out of your day to, to talk with us today. And, and I, I just, I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: When we look to sell the gap, that starts with a basic understanding that you perceive, you understand your services to have and be of value to someone. If we don't have that conviction. Even selling a $3 difference is incredibly difficult. You have to really see, understand, know the value proposition that you are bringing to the table. And it really does change the perspective of how you communicate with a client. When they request a service and they're expecting to pay $20 and you come back with $27 or $30, well, you're not selling a $30 service, you're selling a $10 difference. And that is so powerful when you can start packing that $10 with all of the value that you bring. All of a sudden, the $10 becomes an immense value to them because that $20 is already baked into their mental model for what they're expecting. And that is where we can surprise and delight even the most ardent of critics. We'd love to know how you do this in your business and what it looks like when you sell your services. We'd love to hear from you. You can send that email to feedback at PetCenterConfessional.com or everywhere on social media as well. We want to thank today's sponsors, Time to Pet, and Peaceful Pet Musics, Calm Music for Pet YouTube channel as well. And thank you so much for listening. We hope you have a wonderful rest of your week, and we'll be back again soon. (laughs)
2: i <laughs>